Hi, welcome to Clitterly Speaking, the podcast. I'm Michelle Doherty. And I'm Emily Lane. We are BFFs dedicated to bringing you conversations between girlfriends over a bottle of wine. Oh, I am so excited about the wine part. Oh, me too. So pull up a chair, grab your glass, and let's get talking. Hey, 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 Emily, how are you today? Hey, 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 Michelle. <laughs> I'm good. Thank you. Yeah, I, yeah it's, it's been a week of transition for me. As you know? Now. Yes. Since last week? What have you transitioned yes. to? Well, I had... A sad event happened in that my car that I've bragged about for so long, you yes. know, we've been to the moon, what, 11 times and back, something like that. Yeah, we uh, have some ungodly th- number of miles on <laughs> right. it. Right. Um, it finally said its last words. No. It did. And it was very tragic, very, very sad for me because you know how much I— we, Oh, you love we, that car. We've been through some things, yeah. you know, since 2004. That's been my trusty sidekick, you know? Wow. Yeah. Wow, that is a long time. It's one of my longest relationships yet. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you could have fixed it, though, right? But was it just uh, astronomically expensive? <laughs> well, so I— the, the, tr- the full story is that I took it in for some new tires. And every time I take my car in for an oil change or whatever, I'm always talking to the guys. I'm like, just, you know, take a look at her, make sure she's okay. And anything we need to do to just keep her going, let's do it, you know. Yeah. But they also know she's high mileage. So, yeah. so they were like, they looked her over and said, Emily, no. No. <laughs> no, don't do it. Don't do the tires because, you know, it's going to cost a lot. We've found all these problems. It's going to cost a lot. And that's that's just so that you can drive out of here. And they're like, you know, you're, you're weeks away from this whole thing just— you're going to lose your engine, basically, is what they said. Oh my because God. the frame was so rusted. The frame of <laughs> the... the oh that God. holds the engine in. <laughs> They're like, it's about to give way. Oh, my so. God. Thank God you took it in for tires. You could have been driving it, and it decided to fall apart. Get that clunk going, and you're like, wow, that sounded bad. <laughs> look, look in the rearview mirror. What did I leave on the highway? Oh, I didn't need that. That's fine. That's That's so we're, just, still, we're still moving. We still have forward moments. Momentum, <laughs> but oh. I might I might get out of the fast lane and over to the to the yeah. right side. Holy yeah. cow! So well, that was, must have been a shock. It was real. I wasn't prepared. I really wasn't. And so I, you know, I I I got on top of it. They're like, we're gonna we're gonna make sure that you can drive drive this car for a, a couple of weeks. You know. Okay. But that was nice. But they're like. But don't. <laughs> We're going to make sure you can take it off our lot and get it home. And then we've never seen you before. Right. We don't even know. Prank call, prank call. Who's this? I don't know you. Yeah. Pretty much it. Yeah. It's we don't much. ever want to see you in this car at our at our spot ever again. I our know shop. they they were they were so nice about it. It was really hard though. I mean, I, they turned away. Yeah, they turned away money. a big ticket. Yeah, okay. I I could have been inclined to to go for it. But then I started running some numbers and I was like, you know, the money that it costs just to get this car running is a down payment on a car. And, you know, and then I could have something that's dependable. So less I miles. <laughs> less than three hundred and fifty thousand miles. <laughs> so yeah, I um I I ended up finding a new a new 
good friend. Oh, and, yeah. Um, tell, tell us about him or her. I, I haven't decided. No? I, 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 right now, I think it's it, it's both. It's, it's, oh, it's, so it's a they. It, it's a they. Yeah. It's a they. Okay. And they is gorgeous. Yeah, I've and seen. I, I've seen them. Yeah, I decided to go with something completely different because I've loved my car so much, and I knew I wasn't going to replace it with the same thing. And, and so you had an SUV before. I did. So I went with you know kind of a sporty sedan, and it's red, and just went totally different. And uh, it's fun. I had no idea. Now you know I loved my car. Yeah. But I had no idea how much it was really holding me back. Because, like, every time I'd get my car, I would say a little prayer. Like, you know, <laughs> let's just get there back. Get there and back. We'll make it. We're good. Just just hang on, baby, you know? And I was, and there's a lot of stress you were putting on yourself. Internalized right. that you didn't even realize. Totally. You yeah. know? And now I'm like, oh, I got to go see my family and friends in Peoria. I'm like, let's do some road trips. Yeah. So, so what did you end up getting? I ended up getting an, an A3 Audi. Okay. What year? Mm-hmm. It's a 2016. Oh, relatively new. It is. And it's low mileage, you know? It's like 16,000 miles on it, you yeah. know, so, um, but yeah, it's very cute. It's it, sedan. It's a sedan, yeah, four doors. It's got tobacco leather interior. Nice. So it's very, it's very sporty. Yeah, it's very Emily. It is. That's what everyone says that when they say they're like, wow, that looks like you. I'm yeah. like, yeah, it feels like me. So, yeah. and it still has new car smell. So it's like one of the best smells in the world. It yeah. is. It, that is a that is a that a wonderful wine and smell. Iggy Pop. Those are great smells in my book. In your book, yeah. <laughs> no, that's that's fabulous. Well, like, congratulations yeah. on getting the new car. I'm, yeah. I'm happy for you. Of course, you know I've I've evolved from a, a fancy sports car that I yes. loved that I had for a long time. My Mercedes. That's right. Um, I think I was probably around the same age you are now when I got my Mercedes, mm. or or maybe a little younger. I don't know, but it's definitely. That time of your life, yeah. But you don't mind spending the money on the on the repairs. Well, are... I have a hundred thousand mile warranty on it. Well, so... that's nice, but still, even oil changes are more expensive included. Well, that's even better. We should probably <laughs> at least put in our show notes where you bought your car. I at, know. So you can, uh, uh, brag on, brag that. on that. Yeah, I know because that was one of my concerns. I'm like, I'm not sure Audi's a smart decision. I've gone from this car that needed nothing, you know, but gas yeah. and oil, yeah, and tires every now and then. Um, to you know, it's like, but it's I'm, I, I'm you're good. I'm very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I don't need oil changes with my electric. Oh, car. Oh, that's true. You don't. Yeah, that's so, so bizarre. I feel very, very environmentally friendly when I'm driving. Driving KW. <laughs> that's that's right. a nickname. That's for kilowatt. <laughs> uh, yeah. You need like a cute little hat that says KW. KW. On it. It. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I just have the plan. If I have a lot of driving around, especially in the winter time now with the. Uh, I use uh, a lot of battery power because I need heat mm-hmm. <laughs> and radio and listen to my podcasts and, you know, impeachment right. hearings, things like that on the radio. I need to use all the batteries. So my miles per charge are less because I'm using so much battery. Oh, sure. Yeah. But so I, I have to plans like, well, maybe, you know, I have to go all over, you know, St. Louis County tomorrow. I need to maybe just use the Jeep on this mm, other day, you know, the sure. gas-powered car so that I have plenty of time um, to charge on my on my level one charger. Yeah. I haven't gotten the level two charger yet. And I still, I, I know. And uh, St. Louis is getting a new, not to make this entirely about me, we were, no, we did celebrate, we did, we we did did. celebrate yeah. your car. Yeah. But St. Louis, downtown St. Louis is going to get a new um, electric car charging 
complex. Wow. Um, where they'll have like Caldi's coffee, some other things happening, like like a, like a convenience store for electric charging near Amazing. your car. It's called Solis, S-O-L-I-S. Oh. I saw it in um, the St. Louis Partnerships uh, newsletter. And it's an international company, but the U.S. headquarters, St. Louis. Wait, how is that spelled? S-O, probably with a dot or something, L-I-S. Okay, it sounded Solis for a second like, you know, I get it soul as in sun, but it yeah. was like, it could sound like soulless. So soul that's why I needed yeah. clarification yeah. there. So, yeah. so um, I'm yeah. excited about that. Of course, the first location is going downtown and um, because there's so many electric car drivers downtown when we really need it, you know, South City. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm excited about that. Oh, that's yeah. that's amazing. Well, we have a lot lined up in so today's much. episode, um, but before we... Yeah, dive into our conversation. Let's talk about this, this wine. Yes. Okay, we have a treat. It is, and we need to go ahead and say thank you very much, Jason yes. Main at The Wine Merchant. Yes. This is amazing. Yes, so we have definitely gone beyond our traditional price point in this. Um, He gifted us with this incredible wine from Napa Valley. It's a female winemaker. Her name is um, Jenny Wagner. And she makes these, as Jason said, these over-the-top, trashy Merlots, really decadent and delicious. Um, This particular one is called Emolo, and it's from 2017, and um, it is $65. That's so a lot of money, Emily. It's, it's a little little bit, it's, it's, a, it's, it's like four times. It's a car payment, you know. <laughs> oh, uh, you must have a really great interest <laughs> rate for to have a cloudy car payment at $65. Well, I, mean, I mean, what is the name of the place yeah. you went? We need to get that down. <laughs> yeah, so it is it is a little, you it's know. It's your internet. It's your monthly internet service. It is. It definitely is. But you, it, it, it's, it's worth it. It's, it's wor- amazing. It's delicious. Um, she comes from a winemaking family. Her dad founded Camus. Camus? Camus. Um, and, uh, but, you know, if this is not in your price point, um, Jason suggested picking up a Merlot by Crusher. He's like, that's going to give you a nice over-the-top juicy experience similar to what we're having. So this one, I mean, boy, on that nose, it is, you know, really rich, dense, dark fruits, you know, that all that blackberry, blackcurrant, that plum, that, you know, dark cherry, um, you know, on the palate, all of that comes through with the addition of some raspberry and some kind of black pepper on the back end. I'm getting something kind of like a meaty experience in the middle. I'm even getting like a little kind of black olive in there. Wow. Um, so wow. there's a lot going on in this wine. And um, I, yeah, I... The it, moment it opened it, the smell emanated right. and uh, the aroma. It's not a smell, but the aromatics yeah. of this wine was amazing. I know. I didn't decant it. That was before you even it. put it in, in the glasses. I know. It's great out of the gate, but imagine what a little decanting would do with this baby. I mean, it's well, good. Yeah. I'm, I am I can't wait to continue to drink this over mm-hmm. over, the, over the show because it is so good. Um, and Emolo is spelled E-M-M-O-L-O. That's right. Yeah. Molo. Yeah, as as always we'll we'll uh, make sure to pictures, share. But um But yeah, so what are your notes on this one? Well, when you said trashy decadence, so I immediately um have this picture in my mind and this is an entire lingerie ensemble. Ooh, fantastic. It, is a, it starts with um 
the, I, correct me because I don't have all my fashion things, but like a little short robe, but it's, mm-hmm. it's black lace with, um, the foot, the fur or the, mm-hmm. you know, the pretty fur that lines it. And then the, the sleeves that hang. Oh, kind of like a kimono style. Yeah. But not, 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 um, not Asian, not, okay. not boxy. Very, think Hollywood glamour. Oh yeah. Kind of like those, those peignoir, like a oh, peignoir, yeah. but a short one, not a mm-hmm. long one. And it comes to your knee, and but it's so it's black see through um, lace with the black fur, and I know this first not that the right word fabulous. But that's that's your outer that's mm-hmm. your that's your robe, and then when you untie it and open it up just a tad to tease your partner, you'll see that you're, you've got um, you've got a, a black lace g string with a little diamond right Ooh. in the center. Or in your price point, if it's less and you're drinking Crusher, it could be a rhinestone. <laughs> but if you're drinking a Molo, it's got to be the diamond. <laughs> and when you're talking center, are you talking center on the back or center on the front? Center on the front. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And then um, and then you have a very pretty uh, scoop neck, uh, not scoop neck, but like the, 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 the demi bra, where, oh. where your nipples are almost showing, but not quite. Okay. So that's what's underneath that really, and it's a black lace. Um, Demi bra. I love also. it. So that's what that sounds that's what, trashy and decadent. All right, doesn't it? I love it. It goes with this one. Yeah, that and, is an entire outfit. And you need some cute little slip on, like with hidden little, heel yes, with the with, fur with on the, the toes. On the front. Or, yeah. or if you're like me and you don't wear heels because you'll, you know, <laughs> your ankles will roll and then you'll fall and then you're like, then, is, then you're like no trashy and decadent in an entirely different way. <laughs> um, you can uh, just maybe just have some really cool, um, you know sexy red shiny toenails oh yeah and you know i'm seeing those awesome solo cup wine glasses in hand well that yeah, yeah. of course the yeah, solo yeah, yeah, cup yeah. wine glasses well as a natural to go with that so yeah. that is what i'm seeing and um and and envisioning as i drink some of our fabulous wine i love it well cheers to that cheers well why don't you tell us about our guest Emily, I'm so excited about our guest we have on today's show. Um, I have been looking forward to having her on since I first saw this movie that she produced called Lipedema, the disease they called fat. And uh, I reached out to Dr. Catherine Sayo immediately after watching that movie and asked her if she would be interested in coming on our podcast and talking with us about the elements that she raised in the movie. And she responded so quickly and said, yes, she'd like to. And then I was, you know, beside myself with joy and then, you know, timing wise and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. But today we were able to, um, you know, I think we had to cancel on her because we were sick and then then she was sick, but now everybody is okay. And uh, we have Dr. Sayo. I am so thrilled as well because Michelle, I remember when you made the discovery of coming across Dr. Sayo and you were, it was like you had this like huge aha moment for your own self and you're Mm -hmm. like, you've got to watch this. So I I sent it out to Mm -hmm. a variety of people and said, watch this, watch this, watch this. And, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, then my sister called and then my mom called and you were like, oh my God. So, um, yeah, it's a real treat and honor to have you here. Thank you so much for joining us today. Well, thank you both for the invitation. I really appreciate being here with you. 
Yeah, and uh, Dr. Seo is in Boston, so we have a, a Zoom call going today. So um, our listeners uh, mm-hmm. know that uh, she is uh, giving uh, generous with her time all the way from the East Coast. Uh, so, um, Dr. Seo, could you just share with our listeners um, just like a real brief description of what lipedema is? Because I think people have heard lymphedema. I know we mm-hmm. had Amy Rivera on last year and she had lymphedema, which mm-hmm. was in one leg. Um, but lipedema is a little different. Would you mind sharing with our listeners what that is? Um, lipedema is a very um, misdiagnosed disease. And it is a disease, it's a fat disorder. And uh, lipedema is a disproportionate fat distribution. What does that mean? That means that the top of one's body can be a size 10, and the bottom of someone's body could be a size 20. Yeah. And, And you see women, and let me say it mostly is women, It's a hormonal disorder, it's a metabolic disorder, and it is a lymphatic disorder. So it's a very complex environment, if you will. And the way that it shows up really simply is very um, disproportionate and painful fat. Yeah. And so the fat generally is in the lower body, though in... uh, We thought at one point it was maybe 30%, but we're finding it more, that it can be in the upper arms, and it can actually be in other parts of the body. They are discovering it. Okay, so in addition to the arms and the lower half of the body, they are finding Mm -hmm. it in other spots? In more advanced cases, yes. Okay. So kind Um, of like when people are, when you're looking at uh, somebody, if they have it in their arms, I mean... You know, we just sort of like joke about, oh, we have bat wings, you know, that, and that would be kind of, could be considered a, a sign of lipedema, that big, the, the, the fat that hangs down. Um, and it doesn't matter what you do to try to push ups, bicep curls, triceps, you still have this, you know, lobule of fat that hangs down. Am I correct in des- yes. uh, describing that? Yes. And, um, and, but there's a distinction because, there is um, overweight and obesity, and women and men too can accumulate fat in different parts of their bodies. This is very distinctive. Lipedema, with it comes um, often swelling. Mm-hmm. Um, often it can lead to a condition called lipolymphedema in its advanced stages. So you have not only lipedema, but the fluid buildup. And the combination can become quite toxic. And I know many women who have tried for years to get diagnosed and have not been able to find anyone to diagnose them who have ended up in wheelchairs or bedridden. And so it's a very serious disorder. Um, So, Michelle, you had talked about how, you know, no matter how hard you can work out, you can't necessarily get rid of the the drooping and the extra fat. Um, so what can be done? Yeah, so there's, um, I think awareness is the first key for for a person. I mean, I know that I have struggled 
and I and I'm gonna and I'll say struggled with weight my whole life because I was I was told you know even as a kid um, oh I had thunder thighs or I had this you know uh, and I wasn't and I wasn't heavy and it didn't matter how much you know dance I did or you know walking or marching or or running track I mean I was I was healthy and fit but I always had larger thighs every time I've like lost weight I still ended up with they called saddlebags mm-hmm. you know um, I would always lose weight up top and be very petite up top and then just you know um that wouldn't come off the hips and the and mm-hmm. the thighs and and the legs um as 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 much. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just thought, well, I need to eat less. I need to be under 800 calories. I need to be on 500 and that's, calories. Let's face it. That's that's what um, society and cultural tells us. And it's what many doctors say. Eat right? less and move more. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've, I've, I've trained for half marathons. I was training for a half marathon for a year and I was running a lot and I lost 11 pounds in a whole year of training for a marathon. And then of course I stopped, you know, after mm-hmm. I after it was over and I got plantar fasciitis, which is a whole whole nother episode. Right. But um I I gained the eleven pounds back and then some. Sure. You know? Yeah. So, so ladies, you're talking so directly to the um real dilemma around something like lipedema that most of us have very set ideas about uh, food, weight, and what causes overweight. And even when we know that there's something that is medically causing it, there's still a part internally where we think, I must be doing something wrong. It must be me. There's something that I'm not doing that I could be doing. You've got years and years of conditioning, you know, by people telling you you're doing something wrong because you have fat. Or they'll just assume that you are uh, binging, eating everything that's terrible for you, going to every drive through and, you know, eating just horrible. And that you obviously have no willpower because mm-hmm. that, because look how you look. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I, I know that I, I was one of those people that would look at a heavier person and think, "Oh my God, I hope I never turn out like that." Or, um, you know, she must be, she must. I, I would, I, I was one of those people. Um, but this whole journey of like seeing my own body go larger without doing anything, especially since my cancer treatment and you know, and and feeling like everything was out of whack after that, uh, mm-hmm. and then like not being able to lose weight, I and then finding the lipedema, understanding it better. I look and around, and I don't see I don't see somebody that doesn't have willpower. I see fellow people in pain because I have the same gait that mm-hmm. another woman who's when I was traveling around Europe, and I was like, oh my god, she walks exactly like I do. I and I can mm-hmm. see it in her face how much pain she's in right now. And then learning that this is progressive, and mm-hmm. and it could end up, hopefully not, because, and we'll talk about you know therapies, but. Um, you know, it, it renders people immobile and you don't want to leave your house because it hurts or people are going to look at you and go, oh, she's just a fat girl. She doesn't have this or, or um, mm-hmm. you know, and it's and they pass judgment and they don't understand what you're fighting. So, 
what we've um, so I work with a staff of seven, and what we've done is we've really looked at it from every dimension, and that it's a multi-dimensional process. That it includes the physical, the mental and psychological, the emotional, and the social aspects of our lives, and that you really need to work on all of those dimensions in order to live a life that has the quality that we so um, want in our lives. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause it, um, I know they've, um, it can be very um, isolating, mm-hmm. you know, um, because when, you know, people have seen me after certain diets and I, you know, and I, you know, I'm happy, I look good. And then, you know, then the weight comes back on and and I get embarrassed. I don't want to, I don't want to run in, I don't want to see some people because they're going to go, what, how, how did she get so heavy? Mm-hmm. And I have, um, you know, I, I've, I've got, I'm postmenopausal. So I'm dealing with the hormonal shift. I feel like it really came on with a vengeance since uh, menopause. Well, yes. Catherine, you mentioned that this disease is, it's hormonal, it's lymphatic and metabolic. So I'm curious on the, all. it sounds like it, there's multiple triggers that make this happen. But I'm wondering if, like in Michelle's case, you know, you had chemotherapy, you had lymph nodes removed, and now, of course, you've got the hormonal, the menopause. Are all of those things that can, are contributors to this kind of disorder? Yes, definitely. Um, it's um, either initiates or exacerbates at critical times in a woman's life. Um, puberty, oftentimes in the process of puberty, you'll see that young girls will develop these, what you would call thunder thighs. Um, and it's like, you know, they, they start trying to diet. So puberty is one. Pregnancy. A lot of women gain weight with pregnancy, and a lot of women lose it, but then quite a number of women end up keeping some of their pregnancy weight, that it settles in saddlebags or in their thighs, and um, so there's pregnancy. And there's menopause, and at menopause, it seems, to quote you, it comes on with the vengeance. Yes, But it doesn't start with menopause. It starts with perimenopause. And perimenopause is that can be a 10 or 12 year process for women. Okay. With this kind of, oh, I'm gaining weight. Uh, What's happening? My pants aren't fitting the same way. And because, as you said, Emily, we're so conditioned to think that we're doing something wrong. And even if we do, you know, you know, you go to a party, you have a glass of wine as you're enjoying yeah. now, yeah. or you do, um, you know, you're, you're, you're just in your lives day in and day out, and you might eat more than you think you should. You know, even normal behavior that for most people would seem perfectly in line with what it is to be human for those of us with lipedema, you cannot go off a very, um, if you will, um, structured way of eating in order to maintain a healthy weight 
and a way of living. Well, and I, I can, I can, um, you know, speak to that personally. I, I know that I can eat the same thing as Emily or other friends, and you know that that my plate is not three times as big as somebody else's. It might even be smaller, and mm-hmm. it will it'll affect my my weight on the scale immediately and and like long lasting. Um, and that can be very frustrating if you don't understand what's going on in your body. So yeah. as much as it sucks to have lipedema, I'm glad to know yeah. that's what it is. So I don't have to beat myself up anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, it still sucks to carry this extra weight that I'm carrying and now have to figure out a better way to shed it than my other prior tried and attempts at losing weight. And those were usually very extreme. Um, yes. You know, I've done the HCG diet. I've done, you know, low carb, high protein. I've done Atkins. I've done Weight Watchers. I've done, you know, f- fasting. Um, and, and, but they all were, of a, of a, I've done chemotherapy. That's an expensive <laughs> diet. Um <laughs> And those are extremes, you know, so because you're because you are told, you know, if if you're not just eating celery at, at your size, you know, you you obviously are are are, um, are doing this to yourself. So what's happening in the body that's making it, um, you know, store or create more fat? That's a good question, Emily. Um, and the bottom line is we don't know. I mean, there's research being done. Um, there is um, um, my colleague, um, Leslyn Keith, is a researcher as well as um, trains, she herself trains lymphedema therapists around the world internationally. And so she did a research project where she began to look at what about, what about nutrition and those with lymphatic and fat disorders. So she started looking at lymphedema and noticed that um, uh, a ketogenic way of eating affected those with lymphedema. So she and I met, and we said, well, can it work with lipedema? And sure enough, we found that a ketogenic way of eating can really affect women with lipedema in a very interesting way that... um, this is a roundabout way of answering your question because we found that um, when you reduce carbs significantly, you end up um, eliminating pain, which is one of the core symptoms of lipedema. The swelling will start to go down and women lose weight. We've had women lose 20, 40, 80, 100. Wow. One woman lost 200 pounds. Another woman lost 350 pounds. Oh. So significant women who've tried everything else, these extreme measures. So um, understanding that there seems to be a process around inflammation. So certain foods are inflammatory. And those of us who have lipedema seem to be highly sensitized to the inflammation that's produced from carbohydrates. Even simple carbohydrates, like any kind of processed food, but also complex carbohydrates, which can be vegetables, 
yeah. and that there are various and sundry. Um, we've found that quite a number of women are sensitive to nightshades. Nightshade vegetables are um, tomatoes, peppers, eggplant, uh, potatoes. So uh, the, one whole um, genre of vegetables can set someone off in a pain and with their pain. And it's interesting because we've worked with a number of groups of women and I had um, dinner with uh, one of the women that we had worked with from California came to Boston and we had dinner and she told me a story of going out with her daughter and she'd been on the kind of regime that we suggested and we help women develop their own very personalized protocols. And so she went out and she said, I, she's great over a year. She said, oh, it's not going to bother me. So they went to a Mexican restaurant and she had some carbs and stuff. And she said the next day she was in so much pain. She could not believe wow. that it came back so quickly. And a number of women have talked to this. Um, so there seems to be a direct correlation. We want to do more research on it. But at this point, we've been working with enough women that we have so many anecdotal evidence around it. Um, the other thing that I want to contribute to this is that it's an interesting theory by um, uh, Dr. Paula Stewart, who is a, um, a, a, a doctor who's done a lot of work around lymphedema. And she talks about lipedema as being the mother of the species. Oh. Because what essentially is happening, because we know it's hormonal, hormonal dysfunction or hormonal change tends to exacerbate it, is that what women are doing in a very primitive way is storing excess fat in yeah. order to have it, in order to, you know, feed. Yeah. I used to joke that I could, you know, I, my body was ready for a famine but we just yes. don't have famines anymore. Right. And so there's that whole theory. And what Dr. Stewart did, you interesting you mentioned HCG, because it um, HCG simulates a pregnancy state. And so she found that in some cases, she was able to help women lose weight. The problem is that you can't maintain a pregnancy state for the rest of your life. <laughs> no, right. Yeah. And and I lost weight on HCG. You know, yeah. I did. And um and and the, I was I was happy. It was like the first yeah. time I had, you know, lost weight in a, a significant amount of weight in a sh short period of time. Yeah. Um but like I've learned is like yes, I lost I lost fat, but I did not lose any of the lipedema fat. Yes. Um and then you don't know I also learned that you don't know as you regain fat if it's going to stay a regular fat or if it'll switch oh. to lipedema fat. So you might end up with more lippy fat okay. than regular fat. Yeah. And the other issue around that is if you can imagine that um, the fat tissue embedded in the fat tissue as the fat tissue grows are your veins and your lymphatic vessels. And so what ultimately happens well, is a couple of things. One is, scar tissue builds up and that's what it's called fibrotic tissue mm -hmm. and a scar tissue blo um, blocks the flow 
of the lymphatic system and the veins. There's mm. a lot of women end up with venous insufficiency. So, um, and uh, I know personally women who've had um, um, venous um, uh, vein ablation in order, thinking that that would solve the problem. And of course it didn't. And then the other really complication that you deal with as it progresses is the development of lymphedema. And then you have lipedema with secondary lymphedema and it gets to the place where women become immobile. So I want to kind of backtrack a hair. And I know that we've had an episode where we talked about lymphedema. And if we're talking about lipedema today, um, you know, what are some core differences? I'm, I'm, I'm guessing that lipedema, lymphedema, it's lymph, lymph sorry, yeah. I'm getting all, it all confused. Lymphedema, worry, yeah, <laughs> is that primarily a, a disorder of the lymphatic system, whereas lipedema incorporates those three systems that you talked about earlier, the metabolic, the hormones, and or yeah, is it more me, complex than that, the differences? Yeah, let me give you a simple version of this, which is the um, lymphatic system is the fluid that takes away anything um, that hasn't been already metabolized or incorporated into your body or as waste product, it's basically a form of waste product. Mm -hmm. So what's in the lymphatic fluid are usually proteins. And those proteins get moved as you move. Unlike the venous system, the venous system has a pump. That pump is our heart. Our heart is always pumping blood through our system. The lymphatic system does not have a pump. It relies on um, your breathing, movement, you're actually walking, exercise, anything that you do moves the lymphatic fluid normally. Now, imagine that lymphatic fluid being dammed at some place, that like, a, like some kind of an obstacle or a compromise. And what happens is that lymphatic fluid builds up and that lymphatic fluid builds up in the, what's called the interstitium, which is the area below the skin and where the muscles are. And get this, um, it's where you see usually in one limb, this buildup that just looks like swelling. But of course, there's a lot going on. And so uh, lymphedema is a chronic, basically uncurable disorder. If you once you get it, you have it forever. And what you can do is learn to manage it, which is not particularly fun. In fact, a number where it's become much more um, known is in the cancer community, mm -hmm. because many cancer survivors who have had any kind of lymph nodes removed can end up with lymphedema. Not everyone, but a fair percentage. Yeah. yeah. I had 16 yeah. removed from oh my, my abdomen and 
that being around the colon, 16 lymph nodes. So in my mind, I think I see like the lymphatic fluid is trying to move around like it does. And then, oh, wait, there, it's not there anymore. Where to go? Where am I supposed to go? Yeah. You know, because I, I don't know if the surgeons reroute the, the lymph system, you know, when they take out something. I don't think they connect it. Oh, we'll just send it this way. You know, they just take, they just, they call it harvesting. They just harvest those lymph right. nodes from you. Right. And what's interesting, um, the one of the doctors that I've worked with very, very closely, he was very instrumental in setting up the Lipedema Project, and he worked with us for a number of years. His expertise is cancer, and he does a plastic surgeon, and he does um, uh, breast cancer reconstruction. His name is Dr. Mark Smith at the Friedman Center at Northwell Health, and um, he has developed a procedure that when he does, when he removes, um, when lymph nodes, et cetera, are removed during the reconstruction process, he actually microsurgically attaches <laughs> the lymphatic vessels, still blows me away, the lymphatic vessels into the veins oh so that the system keeps working. So there's no back Mind blowing. Wow. Yeah. So it's mind blowing because you would think, why didn't they think of that earlier? You know, right. it's a preventative system. It's yeah. a preventative measure. And the thing is, if you're thinking about it, they're vessels the size of your hair, like a hair. That, wow. that work is so fine and precise. So fine. It's unbelievable. Amazing. And so, you know, and um, so when you're looking at lymphedema, you're looking at uh, a prime, primarily, primarily, a dysfunction of the lymphatic system. When you're looking at lipedema, you're actually looking at a dysfunction of the fat tissue. Okay. The lymphatic system isn't necessarily initially involved. It is the fat tissue itself that proliferates. Oh my goodness. And for some reason, with the hormonal disturbance, like, um, and, I, and I use this very... Um, judiciously but a normal sized person whatever that is yeah <laughs> we don't even know hardly know but a normal sized person maybe like for for our purposes would have a hundred fat cells i mean of course it's many many more but i just for us to simplify someone with lipedema would have maybe three or four hundred fat cells so it's not that that fat cells are growing more it's that there are more and those fat cells continue to grow so there's this story there's much complication around um uh, the actual metabolic process and what's going on with our insulin levels and what's going on um how fat is stored so when you look at all of this you can see why you'd walk into a doctor's office and they'll just say, oh, you're eating too much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's a simple way of dealing with a very, very complex disorder. There's a little bit of fat bias in our society and fat shaming. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I know, you know, growing More up. More than a little bit. Uh, yeah, yeah, way yeah, more. Way more than a little bit. Um, I was... Uh, you know, growing up, I, again, not knowing that it was lipedema, I would always thought, always thought I had cellulite. Oh, you've got cellulite, mm -hmm. but really, cellulite is often, um, uh, or lipedema is often mischaracterized as cellulite. And yeah. so, Ooh. yeah. 
so I mean, there. If you are listening and and you're you know curious about, do I have it? Is that what I'm suffering from? I mean, there's there's more resources today than there were um, five six years ago when you started your project, and there's you know more doctors and and thankfully you know that are focusing on it. I mean, too too often. You know, doctors would be like, "Well, why? Why should I care? She's 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 just a big she's just a fat girl. Why should I care? You know, yeah. she did this to herself." What you just said is so critical, because in the um, whole healthcare as well as in our culture, there is an element of a belief in control and controllability is what they call it in the literature, which means that you can control your weight which is a misnomer because what they've discovered is in fact, we can't control our weight. There was a study out of the NIH, I believe, um, or CDC, I can't remember which, but um, where they took um, the biggest loser um, contestants who had lost so much weight and they found that it took lower and lower caloric intake in order to maintain the weight loss because the metabolic system had been so impacted by the six months of what they had done. And so this whole notion about how dieting actually is detrimental ultimately to all of us. Well, and I also have to think that there's a certain amount of caloric intake that just our brain needs Our you know, where do you draw that line? Where <laughs> how much can you really take out? Well, I know mm-hmm. that what led me to like discovering the lipedema ultimately, and uh, and and I don't call it my weight; I call it my current relationship with gravity, <laughs> and it changes every day. But I I had done some extreme dieting, HCG, you know, um, uh, you know, high protein, low low carb, low fat, and I I had I had existed on eight hundred calories. And I just knew that that wasn't, I couldn't live like that anymore. And uh, mm. and I felt like there's just something, I said, there's something off. There's something off in my system. And, and, I, and I refuse to, I refuse to be afraid of every single morsel that I put mm-hmm. in my mouth because, because I, I have been. I'm afraid that if I have this piece of cheese or this glass of wine, uh, heaven forbid I have a piece of cake, you know, mm-hmm. um, that I would feel the the effects you know the 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 number on the scale would go up three four pounds, uh, and then then take a month to lose those three four pounds, all mm-hmm. while beating myself up because I had that one piece of cake, or I had that glass mm-hmm. of wine, and I knew mm-hmm. I couldn't live like that anymore, which led me just to continue why searching out you know what is it what what's causing this and. Um, and mm-hmm. I was lucky enough to stumble upon your video, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, the light bulbs went off. Yeah, you know? um, we'll have to make movie. sure and share, provide a link to links your movie. to that on our on our blog. Yeah, um, yeah, it's on Facebook. You can we we put it on you know yeah we we put the documentary on Facebook. People can get to it for free so wonderful it's also on amazon and you can pay for it if you want to <laughs> support support you that way um but i want to um i want to circle back if i can because the thing about lymphedema and lipedema is i often talk to talk about them as cousins because at some point they cross paths and what happens is 
lipedema um, in its advanced stages can develop lymphedema. And lymphedema in its advanced stages can develop excessive fat tissue. Oh, it's not per se lipedema, but let me explain what happens. It's a very odd dynamic. It's called adipogenesis is the technical word for it. What it is is simply this. The uh, proteins in the lymphatic fluid are still, um, you know, uh, nutrition excess that's being washed away. Like when we... um, you know, like when we pee or when we poop, we're getting rid of excess toxic waste product of some kind. Well, if you think of the lymphatic system similar to that, well, here's the thing. The lymphatic system and the adipose system are very closely um, proximity-wise together. So the fat tissue at some point says, all these proteins and starts to absorb the proteins and to grow. So fat tissue can grow from the lymphatic fluid that's not getting processed out of the system. This is like, you know, you know, when people say I'm not eating and I'm getting bigger. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. It's called adipogenesis. It's very interesting. So what happens is that fat, that fluid, and the, and the proteins grow into larger and larger fat pockets. And while it's not per se lipedema, it starts to behave as such. Oh, wow. Those who have um, lymphedema, and you see these amazingly large limbs. Mm-hmm. Like there are people who, I mean, I, I, one woman had a 250-pound limb. Wow. Mm-hmm. How painful that must be. Oh my God. I mean, totally debilitating. Mm -hmm. And so um, to understand that there's this crossover point medically and that number one, you know, I mean, we, we've said it for years. It's not your fault. Mm -hmm. because We, we blame ourselves. We think that, I mean, I did. And everyone else we talk to do, we do. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, Oh, because that I mean that's how that's how society looked at us that's how you know I looked at how I looked at other people too um you know it's like well I I did the diet and you know why they they should do it and, and but it isn't you can't control it I'm what I'm hoping and working on right now is to to stem the progress of it in my body because I don't want to be um, immobile in in my sixties, you know, um, or seventies. Mm-hmm. I don't want to. I um, you know, I I, I want to. If if I stay here and never mm-hmm. never gr- never progress, okay, I will I will accept that and and stay here and do everything I can. If I can lessen it, reduce the fluid, reduce inflammation, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, okay, I'll I'll thank you know I'll be happy with that because um, I but I but. There are there are I want to say probably millions of people who are suffering from this and don't realize it. Oh, millions! We did the um. Now there's um, uh, the experts in the lymphatic system are in Germany. Um, doctors um, Michael and Atelka Foldy wrote the the book on the lymphatic system. Um, 
Dr. Michael Foldy passed away recently in his 90s, but his wife, Dr. Atelka Foldy, is still running the Foldy Clinic, which is a place just for lymphatic disorders. And um, in, in their research, they quoted that 17%, 11, I'm sorry, 11% of the women that they'd seen that come through the clinic had lipedema. And when we started to look at it, that equates to 17 million women in the oh. U.S. Alone. And the U.S. Oh. alone that suffer from lipedema. That suffer from lipedema. And most, I would say 98% don't know. Um, there's a very small percentage. When we started, no one knew. And then it grew as we became more um, agile at being able to get the word out as best as we could. Yeah. So here's what I'd like to do. I'd like to take a brief break so that we could make sure and have really full glasses for the next part of the conversation because I'd like to learn from you, Catherine, what are some maybe early signs so that way we can share them with people that maybe they can catch this disease a little bit sooner. And then I'd also love to explore you know, what are some things that we can do to keep our lymphatic system healthy and, and things like that that could maybe help help us either on the prevention side of it or for those who have this disease, alleviate some of the pain. Sounds good with me. Awesome. Okay, we'll be right back. Michelle, I'm so excited. We have a new sponsor. I know, Emily. We're thrilled to bring them on board as partners here at Clearly Speaking, the podcast. It's a great group of people. It's worry-free marketing. Uh Uh-huh. And, you know, I discovered them many years ago when I first moved to St. Louis. I was doing a lot of independent consulting work at that time. And this company was my go-to resource whenever I knew a company needed a new website or website work. They needed help in that digital world, driving good prospects to their website through AdWords, Facebook campaigns, whatnot. They just did a great job. And I love those guys. So they're a sponsor for us and they're like our social media partners, right? Exactly. I I mean, this is like a really great resource for us. I mean, you have done an incredible job with your phone and your (laughs) iPad and your laptop, you know, putting things together. But it's nice when you can have a team behind you. That's right. I mean, because things happen more quickly when you have a team versus trying to do it all by yourself. Absolutely. Well, you know, it's its own specialty. Marketing is such a tough thing and to do a really good job at it. I mean, I'm a visual person, a creative person. So I've I've done the best that I can, but you know. And the nice thing when you get to a point in a business and you realize, hey, I I need to bring somebody on. If you Mm -hmm. reach out to a company like Worry-Free Marketing, and then you bring them on board, you are not going to be disappointed at all with the resources, with the research, with the analysis that they give you with the strategy, you know, Um, and we are so blessed to have them on board here at Clearly Speaking, the podcast. I'm very excited about this relationship. I know. Isn't it wonderful? It's great. So they can reach Worry Free at worryfreemarketing.com. And uh, you can always yeah, click we'll make... on the link from our website too. That's absolutely right. All right. So thank you, Worry Free. You've definitely helped us be worry free. And 
and we're back. Thank you for letting us take that brief little pause. Yeah. We now have full glasses and ready to dive back in. This is a delightful red wine. I'm so it's glad so we're good. drinking it today. <laughs> it's helping. What a delight! It's helping the conversation. You know, yeah, it soothe soothe me a little bit mm-hmm. in the in the conversation and the realizations. Um, yeah. But before we took a break, Emily wanted to know what are some early signs. Mm-hmm. Um, Probably one of the earliest signs is your relatives. Um, lipedema is genetic. Okay. It's often passed along um, from your mother, aunts, other f- females in your family system. But your male father, um, grandfather can be carriers. So if it's in the family system, they can carry it generationally. So oftentimes it's inherited. And you'll find mother, daughter, mother, grandmother, sisters. I have a number of images of three generations of women who have it. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the signs that you can look for. I can think of right now growing up how I would, um, my mom's mom, because my mother and I don't share the same body shape. Um, She might be, she might have lipedema. It doesn't, it doesn't present like mine does. But my grand, I have almost a similar shape as my grandmother did at, uh, at this age. And as of course, as she aged and, and prior to her death, she had gotten thinner, but she still had, you know, she still had some hips and, you know, the shape there. And, uh, um, so yeah, I can see where it would be, um, it could be passed on that way. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I just thought, oh, grandma, grandma's just huggable. (laughs) That's what my, (laughs) that was my, my reaction to her when I was younger. Now I would probably hit my kids if they said something (laughs) like, oh, mom, you're just squishy and lovable. You know, I'd be like, stop, you know, I don't want to be called squishy and lovable. (laughs) Especially because I'm not, you know, in my, in my mind, you know, I'm not doing anything to to create the the system mm-hmm. that what I'm living under, right? I'm yeah. not, I, I'm not controlling that. I'm not um, aggravating the situation. I'm really just trying to to learn and and then share the story. I you know I I find myself at the Y or walking around, especially you know travel, and I see I see a woman who you know walking like me, um, you know, or she might be a, a, a further along in the progression of the disease than me, and I just want to like stop and say, do you know about it? And I feel like, you know, I, they could think I'm crazy, um, or you see somebody with a very a woman with very petite shoulders and a, and a thin face, and then carrying you know two hundred pounds on her mm-hmm. lower half, mm-hmm. you know, and you're like. I, you know, I want to say something. So, so this is my way of saying something. You know, through the podcast, and hopefully, you know, we're touching listeners who who also suffer. I mean, you say eleven, you know, seventeen million women in the United States mm-hmm. are are suffering from lipedema, undiagnosed. Ninety eight percent of that, so two percent oh, of yeah. us, um, are are diagnosed if, and 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 sp- spreading the word. Yeah, if that. It's like, I mean, the numbers, well, they're growing, you know, more and more people are hearing about it. And I have to say, um, every year I would make the the documentary available for free. And this year, 
um, this wonderful, wonderful coach that I have. <laughs> she said, put it on Facebook. She's social media and business coaching. And she said, put it on um, Facebook. And she gave me some advice and said, do this, do this, do this. I did it. And in a month, we had had more views than I had ever had on the documentary in like three years. And so we kept it up and we're over 300,000 views. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. Uh, it's telling, isn't it? It's very telling. And then they tell me again, I'm learning this as I go along, um, that um, we've had over a thousand shares and they say, that's the, that's even better than the views because if people are sharing that, means it's reaching other people it's relevant so yeah you had you have a, a person in your a woman in your uh, the documentary who had gone to germany and was mm-hmm. uh talking to the doctors and she was going to have her have some surgery with them mm-hmm. i believe mm-hmm. and she talked mm-hmm. about having like this sh- the this shelf on her on her bottom you know like how yeah. the butt sticks out and yeah. i i i literally had tears in my eyes because i i have had that my whole life and mm-hmm. i I was at the city museum with my children. Um, so William, my oldest, my youngest, so he was probably around two years old. And the city museum is this place in St. Louis. It's uh, it's a fabulous uh, recycled materials, um, like a, an indoor playground. It's amazing. For kids that, and adults. It's like no place yeah. of like it in the world. And they have a three-story slide, you mm-hmm. know, from one, one not three-story, three floors. Mm-hmm. It might be three stories. Mm-hmm. Slide. Because of that hump on my butt, mm-hmm. I got stopped because I couldn't I couldn't flatten out to go mm-hmm. down the slide. I was mm-hmm. humiliated and mm-hmm. I couldn't sit up because it had protection, right? Mm-hmm. So I couldn't sit up to get the to get the the butt fat figured out and I basically mm-hmm. had to scoot myself oh. down the slide from the middle point on. Oh my god. Absolutely humiliating and I you know what can you do? Everyone's waiting to come down the slide. Mm-hmm. So I don't go down slides now. But mm-hmm. na- and now I know why I have that shelf on mm-hmm. my butt because it's it's part of the disorder. It's part of the disfigurement of this disorder. Yes, and that's the thing that is so fundamental to dealing with lipedema is that it's disfiguring. And it is the thing that most women end up feeling shame about. Mm-hmm. that there's something wrong with them. And we could expand the conversation to how the media influences mm-hmm. our way of looking at women. And that's a much, much bigger conversation. But the thing is that those of us with these disorders, I mean, what we are always doing with our work is encouraging self-advocacy. Self-advocacy self-awareness and self-compassion because we live in a culture that judges us Mm -hmm. and judges us as less than based on a disease that we didn't cause. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, So are there, you know, let's say, you know, you're, you're somebody who feels like, you know, you're a good candidate for this. Um, you know, are there things that can be done early on that can slow the progression of the disease or even kind of help, you know, diminish the long-term effects? Yes. I'm so glad you asked that question, Emily, 
because it's the work that we are trying to accomplish. You know, wherever you are in the process, you can help yourself. But catching it early, there is uh, nutrition that can help. There is movement that can help. There are lifestyle changes that can help and diminish the impact, but it takes awareness. And again, I'll say that we found that a ketogenic way of eating is a very low carbohydrate, under 20 grams of carbs a day, which is not very much. Moderate protein, high fat, good fats. We call them good fats, saturated fats, which we've always been told we're going to kill us, in fact, are what the brain needs. The brain and all of our systems work much better with fat rather than glucose. Glucose is sugar-based. Fat actually burns and it gives us more energy. It gives the brain way more energy. And so, um, but we modify a keto. I mean, if you go on the internet, keto is a new buzzword these mm -hmm, days. Mm -hmm. There's lots of different um, food plans that are keto. We've found that we have to modify it for the lipedema and lymphedema communities. So we work with everyone is unique. So we, you know, we tweak, we work, we, what we call, we biohack. You know, we look at how to get what's right for any one person. And um, um, movement, there are um, uh, compression pumps, compression garments. There's MLD, um, manual lymphatic drainage therapy that can help move any fluid that's built up um, or keep it from building up. So what, there are four stages in lipedema. So what, whatever stage you're at, you can change what's going on. Um, the issues are their very advanced stages are much more difficult, as you can imagine. So ideally, if you get it at the very beginning, you can build a lifestyle around managing it and it will not progress. Let me say that again. That's amazing. If you know and you begin to do what we've found that works, it will not progress. But you need to, number one, have the awareness. Number two, be willing to, you know, to live a life without things that most people just live with as take if for granted. Part yeah. Yeah, take for granted. Like imagine if you were told no ice cream, you know, no wine. You love wine. You know, we recommend that, you know, you do not have wine, not even because the alcohol content, but because of the sugar content. You know, so when you're looking at all of this, they're difficult choices. But you can <laughs> right I, I one thing i haven't heard you say though i recommend is um like you know the the um, bariatric procedures you know like the stomach um, band or the mm -hmm. gastric bypass and stuff I, I haven't heard you suggest that um i will never hear me suggest okay that. i'll tell you i spoke at a conference in europe um, for bariatric surgeons and watched numerous bariatric procedures and was at the conference um, and listening to all of their presentations. My presentation was on lipedema and the impact of lipedema. But one of the biggest issues, 
biggest issues that they deal with is the um, recidivism rate, that um, within five years, a major portion, and I don't have the figures, I can't tell you, of weight regain, even with bariatric surgery. And so, um, and of course, there are different procedures. There's the sleeve and there's the bypass and, you know, it goes on and on yeah. and on. And um, one of the things that I've found working with the lipedema community is that there are those who have had bariatric surgeries. It's been successful for some. For many, it, they'll lose weight proportionately. So they may lose weight in the upper body and they may lose some weight in the lower body, but at some point they just, it stops mm -hmm. because the lipedema fat doesn't necessarily metabolize in any way and they don't lose it, even with bariatric surgery. What about um, liposuction? Yeah, liposuction. It's also a great question. When I made the film, I was interviewing a lot of the surgeons who were doing liposuction. Again, I'll say the same thing. It works for some, not for all. And when we first started, I had the sense that it was a magic bullet that, you know, you get the liposuction and it's... You everything. go on, everything's fixed, right? Yeah, fixed. And we have found that that's not the case. And so I want to um, just say... I have seen absolutely stunning results. I have seen women who have, you know, really transformed and they are so happy with their results. I have also personally, um, I know one woman who had to have her leg amputated. Oh, oh. Um, um, I know. Why? Because of the buildup of? No, because she had what's called compartment syndrome, which means that after the surgery, her leg, com the, the swelling compartmentalized and they had to amputate. Oh. Uh, and she was young. She was very young. She was in her 20s. Oh. And, um, another woman who ended up with what's called um, the flesh-eating bacteria. It's necrosis. Oh, God. She ended up with necrosis. And she um, um, had to have um, many, many skin grafts and um, the level of disfigurement in her legs is way greater than she started with, mm -hmm. with lipedema. And then we just had a couple women who actually died um, from the liposuction. Amazing. And, and on top of all this, insurance currently doesn't recognize those types of procedures as medically necessary. And they, ref they really think of those things as cosmetic, you know, because, right. you know, as, 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 a, as a woman of ample size, I, you know, obviously it's just my vanity that would want to have a procedure like that. It wouldn't necessarily, because I don't want to live in pain. I don't want to have every single step I take be have pain you know radiate throughout my body i i would like to i would like to lay down at night and roll over and not have pain and and in my lower extremities even no relief from it and and ibuprofen doesn't work and you know um uh, i mean that that uh or naproxen or any of those, you know, um, anti-inflammatory drugs. They don't even take, they don't even take like a, a millimeter of the pain away. Um, mm -hmm. But, but that's, I think also goes back to, you know, the bi the fat bias and the society and, and, and um, 
The lack of knowledge in this, the the, the unawareness that lipedema is a disease. And so that may be, that's the case now, but in five years, the work you're doing, the other researchers out there who are focused in on finding an answer, you know, in five years, we may have, we may have the, the total protocol to intercede at, 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 at puberty, right? Mm-hmm. Identify girls at puberty. Okay, this is what this is what's going on with her body. I, as a parent, am aware of this disease, mm-hmm. and I can help make changes right now for her. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, oh, my grandma looked like that. I could, I might look like that, um, and I can make changes. So, I mean, I'm excited. I feel liberated in the knowledge, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, Are there tests that can be done to confirm that this is... That that you do have this disease. If you go to her, if you go to Doctor Sayo's website, you guys have a really good questionnaire that will kind of let you self-diagnose in a yeah. in a sense. That's a great question. There is some research being done at Vanderbilt um, um, University um, with a team there looking at sodium content, and but no test has been developed from it that I know of. Um, so the researchers had looked at, um, they'd done MRIs and they could tell the sodium content was higher for those of us with lipedema in the system. Interesting. So, um, and I, am not, um, I have not, I have not kept up with the research. I just knew of this research, um, because, um, originally when I was in Germany, they actually used my legs in one of the MRIs to check and see and to, you know, test the hypothesis. So I knew of the research that they were doing. Um, but um, lipedema is um, what's called a clinical diagnosis, which means it's based on history, on visual observation, on um, uh, uh, basically the story that's told, you know, what happened, how did it happen, when did you start noticing this. Um, with um, physical palpation, you can actually um, palpate and begin to feel the nodules because lipedema has a nodular or what um, one of the doctors calls like a, a beanie, um, beans in a bag, like a, a beanie. Yeah, what, like a bean what, bag, what, like a little yeah. beanie babies. Beanie babies, that's what, so, you know, they're like, um, so when you palpate, you can actually feel it differently. Wow. So that's how I think everybody's um, going to be in, in their car listening to this, going, "Okay, do I feel a little? <laughs> yeah. Do I feel a little little, be, little beans in a bag?" Yeah. I remember when my doctor first uh, palpated after I discovered all this. He went, "Oh, I can feel it! Oh my wow. God, I can feel it!" <laughs> you know, because and they don't know. And also, you know, it, you know, healthcare is challenging at best yeah i mean what most most doctors get very limited time with their patients and healthcare is getting more and more rigid around this so when you have 15 to 20 minutes with a patient and a patient has a very complex disorder that you don't learn about in medical school and they look overweight and your assumption is just going to automatically go to controllability. There's something they're doing, mm-hmm. and it and it's your age. You're you need to be 
more yeah. careful with what you're eating. And well, yeah. it's just it's just menopause. This is what happens mm-hmm. to everybody at menopause. You know, you don't have cancer, so why why are you worried? You know, yeah. um, those types of things. I mean, I I have a I have a friend who was at the um, had gone to the emergency room. She wasn't. She thought she was in, like near death, and uh, um, she was admitted. They couldn't figure out what was going on. Finally, had a doctor come by her room, and the doctor was a a very trim um, um, uh, uh, doctor from uh, from India, I believe. Mm-hmm. And uh, my friend is uh, not uh, trim like that doctor. And uh, the doctor looked at her and said, look at you and look at me. That's your problem. Oh, my God. Yeah. The reason you're in the hospital right now is because you are fat. You are overweight. You don't yeah. look like me. And it's all your fault why you're yes. here at the hospital oh right God, now. That's terrible. But that, I mean, and I've heard that from other people as well, that they've had similar in, um, interactions with doctors like that. Um, yeah. And it's, you know, they just... I'm curious. I mean, it seems that this is another one of those diseases that's, it's, you know, more women are prone to it than men. We've we've had conversations, you know, with, around other diseases such as migraines and same, the same kind of thing. It affects more women than men. And I'm wondering if that has been part of why it hasn't been taken seriously because it's a a woman's disease right (laughs) probably i think you probably hit something right there um but but we are but i mean we're so grateful i'm so grateful to the work you've done and and the documentary that you put out because the light bulbs went up i know for me personally i we have we are lucky in st louis that we do have um uh, a lipedema specialist, actually mm-hmm. in O'Fallon, Missouri, which is right outside mm-hmm. of of St. Louis, Dr. Wright at the um, Laser Lipo and Vein Center, and so um, and he has people travel to him from all over, all mm-hmm. over the world um, to come in. So I feel real fortunate that I I found him, and um, you know can get my my uh, compression and uh, uh, pump systems and things like that. Mm-hmm. So so that I can you know. Um, uh, s- stop the progression, hopefully, at least, you know, stay here and then hopefully get get better. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I would like to be the first person that reverses it. <laughs> and then I'll tell everybody how I did, right? How I did it. <laughs> it's a, lots of red wine. That's it. That's an entire <laughs> diet of red wine. <laughs> and cheese. <laughs> well, no, I can't have cheese now. Yeah, they did have some research that red wine was good for the heart. I don't know, I thought that was great research. Yeah. Now mm-hmm. it all my Italian relatives. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I mean we're we're um we're lucky and the your website address or name is lipedema simplified. lipedema-simplified.org. That's right. And or uh, lipedema pro- or lipedemaproject.org. Yeah. And we will share all of that on our blog as well. And, uh, so, and, and the show notes here, we'll have yes. links to that in the show notes. But um, yeah. uh, do you have any other questions? Uh, no, okay. I, I feel bad taking you away, Catherine, from being cozy. I know you haven't been quite feeling 100%. So I want to make sure that you get back to the rest so that you can continue that great research you're doing. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us today. It really has been just eye-opening conversation. A delight. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Our pleasure. Thank you, Catherine. All right. Ciao. Bye. Bye.